Hello, good afternoon and welcome to Aspen Weight Live. Uh, it's another Monday, it's the day where uh, the CEO of Aspen Weight, Paul Waite, and myself talk about uh, what's gone on uh, in the last few days and certainly a lot to react from uh, from yesterday's uh, conference that Boris Johnson gave uh, at seven o'clock in the evening. Plenty to talk about and as always really want to get your thoughts uh, onto the show. Do let us know if you have any thoughts and opinions on anything that's gone on uh, in the last few days. Uh, get your comments in on the live stream and as always if you are listening on the podcast uh, then you can email uh, podcast at aspen-weight.co.uk and get your thoughts into us as well. Plenty to talk about and I'm delighted uh, that Mr Paul Waite joins me uh, as always to talk um, about everything on a Monday. Anything goes really. Good afternoon Paul. Good afternoon Ben. I'm not sure um, a, a lot was the right word to use, words to use but uh, we'll come on to that in a minute no doubt. As you sup your point of orange aid. Yeah, just getting some sustenance ready for um, our Monday debate, which is one of my favourites because we do uh, tend to get into um, uh, anything and everything that has perhaps gone on in the last few days. Okay, so let's let's just talk about what went on yesterday. There was a big build-up to this announcement. Many people thought that and not a lot would be announced and other people thought there may be some changes that, dif- uh, that differed from perhaps Scotland and uh, and Wales. What we got in the end, uh, and I don't want to uh, ask you a leading question here, I've got to be very careful, what we are just talking <laughs> as, as colleagues and friends, but what we, what we got in my opinion was um, a plan of some sort, but a, an awful lot of questions, more questions than answers out of that. I think it's pro- it was probably the most bizarre polit- political presentation of my entire lifetime. I don't think it would be overstating it to say that. It was just almost like beyond belief. Uh, I felt, uh, as did Lisa, that um, it was almost like we were being blackmailed. Yeah. I think that's definitely a word she used. It was, um, it was um, condescending, lacking in conviction, unclear, um, completely lacking in resolve and purpose. Um, it was like sort of like, um, well, you know, this might happen, but on the other hand, you know, then this might happen. And uh, and of course, you know, if if uh, if it was to rain, well, you know, then there might be another thing to happen altogether. So, um, and if just delivered in such an odd odd way, I just thought it was absolute rubbish. Yeah, it was it was it was very bizarre because it wasn't the I'm not sure what tone I expected. I'm not sure what I expected in in general, but I I I think I mentioned to you yesterday when I dropped you a message that I we we did I wouldn't say we disagreed on it, but we had different views on what he'd set out. I, I was surprised slightly by the time scale. I I did say June that I thought restaurants and a few uh, bars and places would open. He said July. So I thought that was a a month uh, delayed as far as what I thought would happen. And it goes back to our conversation that we've had around business almost every live stream, which is a day now, every day or every week that goes past will will be the end of another business. So I I, I did feel for anybody in the entertainment industry, in the bars, the restaurants, the gyms that supposedly going on yesterday aren't going to be open until or considered to be open until July. 
I think um, running against the backdrop of uh, his his um, conference last night, I I I, I have press. It's, it's been two two separate things happening over the last few days, last couple of weeks. You've got, um, I think, an increasing number of quite heavyweight people, you know, more and senior people now, you know, people who want to be, who need to be listened to, like Norman Lamont, um, Gordon Brown, um, you know, the the, the normal spe- the, the normal uh, people on LBC, you know, Brendan O'Neill, these sort of people, who um, who are almost like me. So I'd say we're, I'm in the same camp as them. Um, almost aghast that no one's listening, no one's actually observing anything. They're not learning any lessons from what's happening overseas. They're they're not interpreting data properly. It's like it's like no, no I'm not. I mean this sincerely. This is serious, seriously how I see it. It's like watching a mix. It's like watching a group of rabbits in headlights behaving like zombies. Uh, and turning, for instance, the NHS into some sacred cult. And uh, what did I say to my dad yesterday? I said it's like being it's like being in the invasion of the body snatchers, and, and seeing a significant percentage of my countrymen um, turn into this sort of uh, zombie-like person who, who trots out cliches and gets their saucepan out and bangs it at eight o'clock every night. You know, it's really quite disturbing. Yeah, it's, and, and I, I think probably that the one word that um, people would, if we if we asked 100 people about to, to, in one word to sum up yesterday's uh, announcement, it would be confusion. And, and already this morning, if you were to delve into Sky News, BBC, and dare I say it, some of the papers, you would see uh, the, the, the roads packed, the, the, the rails packed, and... I think Dominic uh, Rab has come out and said, "No, we meant to start from Wednesday, <laughs> not from this morning." I think you're, the amount of people that have I've been in WhatsApp groups and messaged and said, "Well, I don't know whether to go back to work or not. Do I count? Can I go back?" That you know, the the the, the things that are going round, pe- people are confused. I wonder if we'll get clarity later. But are you surprised that? I guess by the answers you've just given, you, you you're going to say yes. But are you, are you surprised? given a government level, what we're talking about here, it's so important at a government level that the message was so confusing yesterday. Um, well, it's interesting because you and I have a slight difference of opinion on this, but I think it's more to do with, um, we both agree there's a rice pudding, but I want to put jam in it or something and you don't, you know, it's, it's not, yeah. it's not serious, you know, I think, um, you know, I'll go back to what I said in my opening remarks. It was that, it was the oddest, the oddest in terms. Obviously, as someone who does a lot of public speaking myself, I cannot imagine doing a speech myself that was so lacking in conviction, and purpose, resolve, and 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 clarity, and any form of plan. So, I, I, so yes, I was surprised that a a person who is sometimes referred to as a little Churchill, for instance, you know, who can normally talk very well, should give the most bizarre uh, performance from a presentational point of view. In terms of, was I surprised, I suppose, by the overall content of it? Funnily enough, um, I probably 
I don't know if this I don't know if it's the right word to use uh, positive. I mean, I I thought so. Going back to my original predictions, I thought that um, garden centres, for instance, would be open by May the eighth. I think that was my prediction, and I actually thought small shops would be as well. So uh, let's park that up for a minute. In terms of things like pubs. Uh, I could see on the basis of what was being said or perhaps not being said, which is perhaps more relevant from the question you asked, um, us, us going through to perhaps even September before, you know, realistically you could go and have a pint. So I, th I think actually, um, and of course, you know, this comes back to how you see it. So if you, you could, you could, you could look at Boris's performance with one of two different points of view, couldn't you? So you could either take him at face value, which is, oh, well, you know, like I said earlier, you know, well, if it rains, you know, then, then you've got to stay inside. But if it's sunny, then perhaps you could go outside. But of course, I don't know whether it's going to be sunny or rainy, you know, so who knows? Hey, you know, who knows what we could be doing? It could be one or the other, you know? Um, if you, if you, um, I mean, obviously, I, I am increasingly of the opinion that uh, I'm trying to think how to put this before I get shot down by listeners. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get quite angry, actually, and I think that is the right word to use. I'm starting to get quite angry at the misrepresentation and the lack of balance and uh, the way things are presented to us, which are patently not true. You know, um, on the... I think on the front of the Sunday Express yesterday is the paper my parents read. It said something like um, uh, COVID at a critical stage, say government. Um, you know, things like um, 100,000 people set to die in second wave. Like, why? Who knows that? Who says they are? There's no, rev there's no evidence to suggest that at all. You know, uh, it's absolute nonsense. And it's just... You know, if, I was looking again. I was looking at the um, the the international statistics again yesterday. You know, every country in the world, uh, and it's interesting actually. Belgium actually has, by some distance, the highest uh, level of deaths per per uh, thousand people. Um, but again, you know, a good another good example of what seems to be um, the attitude of the majority. Uh, of people and that includes government and the media to make this out in to be as bad as they possibly can right there's never any hope you know so uh you read comments all the time like um uh britain has the worst rate in europe you see that freely put everywhere britain has the worst, but it doesn't you know if you if you compare britain with uh, Belgium, Spain, and Italy, it has a lower instance of deaths than each of those countries. The reason why we have more deaths is because we've got a much bigger population than those countries have. You know, roughly 10 times bigger population than Belgium, um, just over 10% bigger than Italy, and about, I think it's about 50% bigger than Spain. So if you actually adjust the deaths on a, you know, a, a proper basis, of a, a proper comparison, um, but that's not you know, and then you get things like what did, what did I read yesterday? Um, something like panic in Germany uh, as um, 
second wave. So basically, they've started easing their lockdown, and, they, and there was a, an article which was hugely uh, overstated about the fact that um, there's evidence to suggest a sort of second wave effect. Uh, now, when you consider that less than 7,000 people have died in the whole of Germany since we started, you know, I mean, again, it's, 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 it's perspective, isn't it? So that's, I think it's... Uh... Anyway, so I'll finish off my point. So I think if you, if you believe, which I do... That um, that I think it's more is increasingly looking to me increasingly likely that uh, most of the Western world will have caused massive damage to the economy and people for insufficient reason, in my opinion. Uh, so I would be very optimistic that uh, the shops will be open in June. Uh, you will be able to have a drink in July, and and I think that probably would be certainly from the drink point of view i think that probably would have been at the positive end of my of my expectation yeah i think i think i agree with you on on those points and what one of the things i wanted to add on was just the uh, what we talked about the government yesterday and boris delivering that it did it, do, it did seem and it did come across a, a government that doesn't really know what to do and and the people that are going to be for the government will say well of course they who they don't know what to do because they don't know enough about this virus and they they're being very cautious i think we could say that you know really cautious yep. there seemed to be a statement that followed a statement every time uh, boris spoke yep. which was you know we will do this but we might not if we you know we 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 think that it's not right and I think the other thing that we've mentioned before, and I'm not sure if we've mentioned it on the live streams, is that, and this this is a, this is a, this could be a, um, you know, it could divide a few people that are watching, and and if it does, I'm, I apologise, but this is a, a real honest debate. <laughs> Everything that the government does has to be for the person that doesn't understand it the most, and I do have a little bit of a a bee in my bonnet about this, and and again, this will divide people. But I think that we are we are we can be very stupid in this country, and um, everything that is, I saw pictures of people congering round streets for VE Day, and all sorts of things came out. Of, I mean, I know the papers like to build it up, and I know that we always get you know, we always criticising where we can, and I and I don't like to be that person, but I do feel we have a touch of stupidity about us in this country, and as you've probably seen this morning by the amount of people going to work. I, I just don't think we make great decisions all the time, and I think that's Sorry, on which the... bit. Is, which bit? Which bit is being stupid? I'm not quite sure what what is what what your point is. But my point Who's is that, stupid. The, the, my point is that the government have to make decisions based uh-huh. on stupid reactions. So when <laughs> when the government is saying, "Well, look, you can't do this now," and you you, you get, it, we're going to have to restrict you doing this, and we're going to have to, you can't see this person, and you're still not allowed to see your families, and. I I feel my personal opinion is that they're having to be to be like that, and your point is they're 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 managing this wrong, and you should be allowed to do all these things, and and they they may well agree with you, but I think they have to dumb it down to the simplest fit instruction because I don't think a lot of people can take that instruction the right way. So I'll give you an example. If 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 somebody said to me, okay, well you can go and see your your family. But obviously, make sure you do this, 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 and this. I would be, I'd be able to do that. I'd say, right, I'm not going to go inside. We're just going to sit outside. We're going to wash my hands. I'm going to do this. But I don't think people can, and I think that's why the government has to say, 
you can't see your family. Now, that could be used as an example for everything else. And that's why all these restrictions are still in place, in my view, is because I don't think they can trust people to follow complicated instructions. That's just my opinion. No, I think I think probably you're right in terms of the causal effect of what you say is true. Um, the reason, I don't know if you noticed, I was shaking my head a lot when you were talking. Um, uh, and it's not because... Uh, Clearly, what you say is true, right? The reason that the reason I'm actually quite—I don't know what to—you know—I'd get quite um, almost again quite disturbed to the point of angry about this whole process is um, we're supposed to live in a democracy. Yeah. So um, the whole point of a democracy, whether you like it or not, is not to do what you just said. So. Um, if you take so when you know if you take the Swedish attitude for instance which uh is is totally in keeping with my democratic principles right the Swedish view is you 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 make the facts available to the to the people uh you'll hear you hear this said an awful lot on programs about Sweden and they, what the Swedish say they say the people aren't stupid right whereas what you're saying is is the British people are stupid and the government thinks we're all stupid um, so it's a complete opposite. So you've got the UK government basically saying you're all a bunch of thickos. Uh, I've got to treat you all like um, you're under house arrest. Um, and common sense disappears out the window because that's what we have to do. And the Swedes, on the other hand, are saying we're a proud democratic country. We'll tell you all the facts. Uh, we've, we'll trust you um, to make the right decisions. And again, coming back to my point about um, uh, lack of balanced reporting. So let's take Germany. There is a common view, uh, which certainly hasn't been corrected in the mainstream media, that Germans on the whole are a very orderly people. And that uh, one of the reasons why their death rate is probably you know, nearly 20% of ours, not far off that, 25 at the most, is because the Germans uh, are very obedient. Well, the fact is they're not. Uh, so actually, if you look at um, naughty countries, for instance, <laughs> we call it that thing. So if you look at uh, the people who have most disobeyed the lockdown, the Germans are right up there. Uh, so I don't know if you had a chance to see there have been riots in Germany over the last few days with as many as 10,000 people in pitch battles with the police over over their opposition to lockdown. OK, mm. Um and the, and, and the fact is, you know, apparently, you know, I'm obviously I'm not a German, so I'm not able to watch it every day. But I'm told that uh, this has been, you know, the Germans have basically um, from day one not followed the procedure. And, and so, you know, if you actually, I suppose there's several different things here, isn't there? So I think, firstly, there has to be a reason why you're asked to do something, hmm. isn't there? So there's got to be an objective. And as um, somebody said in our group, uh, in our group meeting this morning, uh, I think, you know, what it's, it's actually quite it's quite distressing uh, to see, you know, people who are supposed to be our government. They have a one track policy. Everything they do is based around keeping the NHS below anything like maximum capacity. That's all they care about. They don't care how many old people die in care homes. They don't care how many people die of heart attacks. 
how many people die of cancer, how many people whose lives are going to be blighted forever over this. They don't care about the cost to the economy. They don't care. So all they're doing is they're making, they, they, basically they're making pension decisions, as you'd call it. But mm. coming back to my point about rabbits in the headlight. So they're scared. None of them have got the conviction to turn around like the Swedes have and say, no, uh, this is the right thing to do. And if you look at something I said last week, you know, which is still true today, only something like 300 people under the age of 30 have died in the UK. Mm. Right. So if you actually and I, I, this is this is this is a statistic that I'm very happy to share because I've worked it out and I believe it to be correct. OK, so if you read, if you take the worst case scenario that we were told of of, of people uh, that might die. OK. Then in Bridgewater, my hometown, that would mean four people would have died. And in fact, only one person has actually even had it. Right. Mm. So if let's, let's just let's just be let human. Let, let's just be really charitable now and say one person had actually died. OK, so a, a, a town with 40,000 people in it has basically been in total lockdown to say three people from dying. If, if that's if you believe the worst case, like, are you seriously telling me that you would you would do that? You would stop forty thousand people going about their lives to save three? You know, I mean, it's madness. You know, and the reason why, um, you know, one of the things I like to do is to put things into perspective. So, of course, if you you know if you're talking about a, a country like we are of sixty six million people, then you know sixty six million is a much bigger number than forty thousand. So actually, it's 25 times 66 bigger, you know. So, you know, you're talking about, what, 1,700 times, okay? You know, something like that. So uh, when, when inevitably, if you're talking about 66 million people, you don't need a very big percentage for it to be quite a big number. But if you actually drilled down and then said, right, you know, we've got uh, a couple of hundred, you know, a couple of hundred places of 40,000 people, would you... Would you actually, you know, if you if you actually if each of those was a separate country, for instance, would you close down each of those towns to say three people? Mm. And I think I think most intelligent people would say, no, you wouldn't. It, it, is, but, but it never gets portrayed like that, does it? It's interesting. I think the argument that will will continue to go on will be that even the one that uh, Boris mentioned yesterday. Now, obviously, I need to be very careful the things I say here. So a value on every single life is you know, it's, it, every life is obviously massively important. And I, and I sympathise hugely with anybody that has lost anybody to uh, coronavirus and, and or lost anybody to, to a, a disease unrelated and they haven't been able to be treated. You know, of course we do. Uh, and, I, and I'm not for one minute suggesting that a life isn't important and, not, and nor is Paul. But when you look at the worst case yesterday, Boris said that had we not, had we not acted the way we did, we could have been looking at, 250 300,000 deaths from this over the last two months but even when you do the maths on that and the argument will be if we'd have lost 300,000 people to this disease but gone about our business in a normal way that what percentage of our population is that and the fact that we wouldn't be heading into recessions and we wouldn't have had all the people lost the jobs and mental health issues and people died with other diseases what we're, we're trying to say is actually you know you mentioned this at the very beginning Paul if even if 300,000 people would have died, the impact on the the, the, the country and, and what that may have done as far as not having this 
whole economic situation is what we're trying to weigh up here. And and that was the worst case numbers, by the way, that Boris was saying. We're nowhere near that uh, at all. I think there's two separate things here, isn't there? I, I would have said, um, you know, because I think it's very important to balance. I mean, I think if 300,000 people had died, then that's, that's um, too many. You know, I don't think you could possibly um, allow that to happen. I think I'd be, you know, you're looking at what one half of one percent that would be. Um, uh, so I think, but but the, but the the actual point is, is there is no evidence whatsoever that uh, anything like three hundred thousand people would die. You know, I think what's most disappointing to me uh, of the UK government's uh, reaction and and there is they've actually got one of the most easy jobs of all the governments, their position is easy because they're following. You know, so we have got uh, Spain, for instance, um, you know, people people are now pretty much uh, able to do most things that they, other, you know, they normally would have done. Uh, Germany has massively, you know, uh, the Bundesliga, as you know, is going back into action, you know, um, playing playing proper football and all that. Um so there is not there is not evidence of any country at all where there's anything like uh, the sort of numbers it would take to take us up to 300,000 people. You know, we're looking at that would be, you know, roughly 10 times more than we're at now. We're already I think we I think we've got the fifth worst statistics in the world. I think it's something like that. So you know, the top country in the world uh, per per thousand deaths is Belgium, which is about 50 percent more than ours, I think. So and then you've got, of course, you know, the, the, the statistics that I think are much more interesting are Sweden, where Sweden is running at something like two thirds of our deaths, that sort of amount. So they're running at two thirds of our deaths and not in, and not being in lockdown at all. Yeah, uh, I saw uh, was it, uh, a guy I greatly respect, P- Professor Gizelka, um saying that he he actually expected in Stockholm that they'll have full, I repeat, full herd immunity within two months. Mm. Right. So what's happening? And so in effect, what Boris said yesterday, you could even use the word propaganda. It's it's alarmist propaganda, not based on facts. And you hear you hear uh, the the government say this a lot. They talk about the science. The science says this. The science, the science says that. We're guided by the science. Well, whose science is that? So it's the UK science, is it? You know, I mean, they they were they were again referring to Imperial College when Imperial College. The Imperial College original report has been totally discredited. You know, it's probably been the biggest causal reason why the UK government did a flip U-turn uh, and went from being quite enlightened to um, being scared of everything. But there is no there is no data available to suggest any of these worst case hypotheses. Yeah, I want to. Um... I want to just jump on. We've had a few comments. I want to answer one comment. I think we had about. Uh, the opinions I gave. I just wanted to say uh, very simply uh, what I meant by that is actually 
uh, agree with Paul on, on the fact that we're being um, we're being very strict and maybe overly so. Um, I wasn't disagreeing with that. What I was just saying is the reasons why the government are doing this is probably to to dumb this down. And that wasn't being disrespectful to anybody in this country or any other country. I'm sure we're all the same. But I'll give you an example. Yesterday, um, they announced that we could go on the beaches. We'd be able to go with our own family uh, to the beaches. And just through friends and through chats, I already came across something that somebody had said, well, that's all right, because what will happen is you can get your friends and they can sit quite close to you, but say, well, they're in it. And that's the example of what I feel happens in this country is maybe it's happens in other countries. I don't know. I'm not living there, but we always, we, it goes, it's, it's a little Sorry. bit. And so what? And so what, Ben? So what they did? But, and, I, and I get that. I was just going to come onto that, Paul, and say, yeah, I get that view, which is we should have freedom and we should be able to do whatever we want to do. But when the reason, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying it's right or wrong to do that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have that freedom. I actually agree with you, Paul. But what I'm saying is the reason the government are doing this and why they're making those decisions and being so strict is because they feel, obviously, that if they're not clear then people are just going to make stupid decisions and and it's going to get a lot worse. Um, whether we believe it's going to get a lot, lot, lot worse or whether we think it's wrong to give people that freedom is is obviously a separate discussion. But what I, what I just wanted to clarify is what I'm trying to say is why the government are making those decisions. And I, and I do feel it comes back to Paul's point where they don't trust us. I think it's as simple as that. I don't think they trust people to make those right decisions. Do you know what I think it is? I'm actually going to be really controversial now. Yeah. Um, these are intelligent people who are who have got who have got the best possible information available to them, and there is you. you I think as an intelligent person, you could only draw uh, one conclusion from this, and they they choose not to do that. So I'll tell you what I think this is all about. It's all about saving face. Yeah, maybe they've 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 embarked on this alarmist everyone's going to die isn't it terrible um we're going to completely um interfere with hundreds of years of personal liberty and no one's got the no one's man enough to turn around and say actually we could have done it better we didn't need to do this so what they have to do is they have to keep out they have to keep pretending all the time that actually you know uh they were right, and if and you know, if you see people saying things like um, uh, lockdown has been a huge success because only thirty thousand people have died, and actually uh, there were reports that suggested three hundred thousand people. Uh, so aren't we clever? We've we've saved two hundred and seventy thousand of you from dying, whereas actually a fairer thing we would be to say three hundred thousand people were never going to die in the first place. Yeah, and I. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that it's. Um, let's. I'm just gonna before I give say anything else. I want I want to get some of the comments because thank you for for commenting. Uh, Mark says if 30k people die during lockdown, what amount would it be without? Well, that's yeah. That's so. That's a. I guess we will never know that the answer to that. Well, uh, go to Sweden would be my answer to that. Yeah, I think what what. I guess again, we don't want to put a price on on lives, and, and we're not we're not saying that at all. But if you said if you said that if we weren't have, wouldn't have gone into lockdown, and seventy thousand people would have died in this country, the, but the mental health, other illnesses, and the economy would have been absolutely fine. What price are you? You know how how do you even try and look at those numbers? How do you even try and justify that? 
Well, let, let me give you some considered analysis, again, being a numbers person. So as I said last week, 91.1% of all deaths in the UK are people over the age of 65. The average age, the average age of someone that's died in the UK is 75. Less than 300 people in the UK have died uh, under the age of 30, right? So if you just, if you just take all that, um, I would, I would, obviously it's not something I want, I would like to see happen. Uh, and of course, as you said yourself, you know, it's not something you could ever model or put into practice. But I, I, my point of view would be that if in fact, which is what I would have done. So I, I think that, uh, no one on the whole is going to criticize someone for being overcautious. I think overcaution is always better than undercaution, Right. But then you also have to consider all the facts. Like at the moment, for instance, we're now in a situation, and again, these are facts, uh, we're now seeing quite considerable levels of excess deaths at home. Okay? And of those excess deaths, only roughly one quarter are coronavirus related. So therefore, three quarters of the excess deaths at home are now non-coronavirus related got a huge escalation in people dying of heart attacks I, I mean i do find this rather impossible to understand i mean talk about your word stupid apparently people are having heart attacks and not going to hospital with them you know mm. um now I, I i would suggest you know and people and then the government has the the temerity to talk about uh the fact that you really can't go to hospital guys you know what's going on here well the reason they're doing that is because they bloody brainwashed them into it in the first place you know yeah, I think that's a really interesting point, and actually, that reminded me of um, of the way to word this. When you know, just to avoid criticism of people saying, "Well, hang on a minute, you're saying that it would be okay if eighty thousand people died and the economy was fine and we were all great." I think the other way of looking at it is, yes, thirty thousand people, whatever it will be, would have died from from this. Um, and I'm not saying that if if 80,000 people died from coronavirus and let's be honest they're not all from coronavirus they're just with coronavirus I'm not saying that would be okay because we've lost 80,000 people but the economy's strong we've stayed open um, you know what, what I'm saying here is what about all the people that are going to die because of mental health what about all the people that are going to die um, because of as Paul said uh, uh, other illnesses what about the people that will ultimately die because of the impact on the economy and because of the impact on their lives. So we're not, we're not, we're not, we, we could be in a situation, we don't know, that actually if we'd have left this and, and gone the, down the Sweden route and said we're going to leave this and the economy would have been okay, mental health would have been a lot better, all the other illnesses would have been dealt with a lot better. We, we, could, we will never know these figures, but we could have been in a, a, a position where 70,000 people died because we'd have left things as they were but actually, we don't now know that maybe 30,000 people will die because we shut down, but there'll be 150,000 deaths related to the fact that we've shut down the economy. So I think we've got to be careful when we, we, we criticise and say, well, we, didn't want anyone to, we don't want more people to die. Well, actually, we will never know how many people will die directly as a result of the government's um, shutting down this country. I think that's a, a very good point. I would probably put it... Um, if, as as, a, as an economist, I would probably put it in a slightly different way. So um, if you take the, co the concept of cost-benefit analysis, okay, so 
you don't make economic decisions on the basis of a narrow piece of data. So, for instance, you know, I use this example a lot when I'm teaching people economics. If, if, so for me, for instance, right, let's, let's imagine you have an important industry, okay? So an important industry in the UK, and uh, a leading company in this sector is in danger of, of collapsing. In, in this country, particularly with Tory governments, the general view is is that the, is that the market you just let the company fail, hmm. okay? Um, so there've been many examples of disastrous uh, policy decisions, in my opinion. Um, so you'll see um, a refusal to bail out a company. I don't know. Maybe a company needs twenty million pounds to save it. Um, but if if you do put that money in, five thousand people keep their jobs. Yeah. Okay. So the cost benefit analysis is not just to say it costs twenty million. You then turn around and say, if I didn't put in the twenty million, what is the cost? Yeah. Right. I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose uh, this company in this important sector. So uh, that means that Britain is now got a less competitive edge in in the world in terms of of that space and then you've got things like how much vat less is going to be paid what's the pay what pay is earn is less going to be paid uh and then uh what would what would the unemployment cost be of those five thousand people so the cost benefit analysis approach is a considered all costs one so with the coronavirus to make a proper decision you can't just turn around and say which, which is what happens now uh, coronavirus, thirty thousand. Everything else doesn't matter. You've got to say, like you just said, um, at the moment, thirty thousand people have died of coronavirus, and then probably at least ten thousand. I don't know the right numbers. Lots of people have already died because of other things. So the net deaths is actually nowhere near thirty thousand. I think we can all agree that. And then you've got. The other costs, such as, you know, so the other thing I was thinking when I was listening to you, what price do you put on shattered dreams? Mm. What price do you put on? So, you know, we've now got um, a very effective uh, loan in, in terms of the bank's back loan. But the fact is, let's imagine, so uh, one of my longest standing clients um, who is, is a is a is quite a mature lady let's let's put it that you know she's been in the pub trade for many 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 years i spoke to her last week um and she's applied for a fifty thousand pounds bank bank's back loan right well she's she's taking on more debt through no fault of her own Mm. why is she having to do that the government have said you can't open She's losing money because of a government decision made. And now she's not only got to sit there with her pub closed and not have her custom, she's now having to borrow £50,000, which she's going to have to pay back. Well, what's that going to do to her? Yeah. I, do you know what? This We're, we're coming towards the end of our time for this show and I've got a couple more I just want to read this comment actually first from Callum uh, Paul who's on the show on Friday Sweden's population is much more dispersed we have an uh, insanely dense population was a comment that he made shaking your head sorry sorry Callum that's an unbalanced conversation it's it's um, it's true in part Um, 
Rachel made the same point, and I, you know, uh, recently, and it gets it, Sweden. It's true, Sweden has uh, a very uh, diverse population spread out over a, a large geographical area. Yes, that's true for about half the population. And then, but if you if you look at Stockholm, for instance, the the density of people in Stockholm is not dissimilar to any leading city anywhere else. Fact. So, yes. So it probably it probably the best analogy you could give would be you could say that Sweden, half of Sweden was like the West Country, if you like, where we've got, you know, hardly any. Again, this is so. Why is why is the West Country locked down? You know, we've got hardly anyone's died in the West Country. Yeah. You know. Um, so if you could, you could say, you know, just for make it easy for, for our listeners, you could say that half of Sweden was like the West Country and Stockholm is like London. Mm. That wouldn't be that would not be a ridiculous thing to say. OK, so what's happening there is half of the Swedish people, therefore, um, are, are would, would, you know, because they're so they're so uh, spread out, are going to have a very low instance of catching the coronavirus. But the other half of Sweden is going to be no different to anywhere else. So it's not true to say that Sweden's uh, instance of deaths is lower than ours, despite their relaxed uh, view to lockdown because of those factors. You know, so I don't. And again, I think. As a generalization, if you don't go any further, you know, Callum's point and the point that Rachel keeps making are not untrue, but. That isn't all of it, is it? So the actual truth of it is what I say. It's it's not it's not as simple as as that. So um, I would say personally that the logical conclusion from the Swedish model would be um, so. If you look at Sweden, most of their deaths are in care homes, right? I mean, you could even argue to some extent, from what I read, that their uh, the, the sort of um, the rampant running away uh, escalation in, in care homes is quite serious in Sweden, right? Um, but it's coming back to the point you know I made earlier that probably, probably if you let all people under the age of thirty uh, go out unlimitedly with no social distancing at all, it's probably quite likely that probably no more than about a thousand of them would die anyway. You see what I mean? With no, with no um, restrictions on their liberty. So, seems to me, wouldn't it make more sense to spend the money in a much more sensible way? So, I think that the although it's 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 flirting with non-democratic, I think that spending a lot of resource in protecting people in care homes and the aged makes a lot of sense. But then there was no need to do anything else yeah it's an it's an interesting one i think um we will continue this that mondays always seem like a, a, a really good show to talk about what's happening and then the progress across uh, the weekend and indeed last week and we'll do it uh, again on these shows i'm conscious that we're coming to the end of our time uh, do you know what my final thoughts today and, and having everything that's gone on yesterday and everything we've discussed is just that we i'm a i'm very much a, a positive forward thinker we have to learn 
the lessons of what's happened. And I know it's people will say it's, you know, happened once in a hundred years uh, or whatever that stat might be, but we must learn the lessons. And we asked Oksana this um, when she came on. And I think um, Mark Carey as well uh, on one of the shows a few weeks ago. Um, and then they both said that they weren't sure that we would learn the lessons from this. And I remember a conversation, must have been very early January, because I followed this on New Year's Eve when it broke uh, in China. And uh, and I sort of jokingly said to uh, somebody that I was with at the time, what we should do is just shut down all all airlines right now. Shut them down. Oh, definitely, yeah. Shut, shut down all airlines right now and just contain this, because otherwise it's going to be terrible. And the person actually said to me in great detail, and this is someone that I, I admire and has got a good opinion on business, said, Ben, you know, obviously it's a nice sentiment, but you can't do that because that would devastate the economy. They could never do that. Well, look what's happened now. We're already in that, we're in that position. I, it, I know there's a lot more to it, but I, I think we, the, the, the crux of that was for me is we, we have to look forward. We have to be positive and we love to end these on a positive note. This has been a brilliant discussion, but we must learn lessons from this in every sense because otherwise we'll, we could well be in this same position again, even for future generations. I think our colleague Darren Horn summed this up beautifully in response to your comments, um, where he basically said the UK government um, had the benefit of seeing what had happened in China, and yet they allowed, what did he call it, a car crash? Uh, what did he call He said a, 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 slow, a slow car crash or something. Um, inevitable car crash going at sort of, slow speed which could have been avoided yeah so you know um i don't think it, i don't think most people would disagree with this actually if if we had uh, as you rightly say at a very early stage sealed the borders effectively mm. then i would i would say almost certainly uh, and i'd love to have a debate with someone who doesn't agree with me on this um i would say it's almost impossible to conclude that if we had done that, that, and let's say then we closed the borders early on, like you say, but we didn't have a lockdown, right? Or we we basically let people come into our country and had a lockdown. I reckon that the, the, the closing down early with no lockdown would 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 have much less deaths. Oh yeah, I I, t- I totally agree, and I think um. You know, people will criticise this and say, well, for hindsight, it's wonderful. But I think there was so many people at the time seeing what happened in China, seeing the pictures, watching the news, knowing that this was was going to be a risk to, and as it started spreading, you know, why on earth people were flying in and out of China, I will will never know. And the answer that I got given by a number of people was just from, from an economy point of view, you can't just shut down airlines and you can't shut down travel. Well, that's proved absolutely wrong because um, absolutely wrong because look at the position that we're in the in the economy across the world now. Um, but hey ho, let's hope we learn lessons. We'll continue this debate, and as we said, do get your comments in. If you don't agree with Paul or or, or myself, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can email uh, podcast aspen weightcouk if you're listening on the podcast, and you can get involved in the debate all week. And I'm sure we will pick this up again. I'll be back tomorrow lunchtime with Mark Carey, where we will talk about uh, different things. We try and make every one of these uh, podcasts and live streams very different. But certainly, if you've got any comments, then um, you know pass them along to us, and we'll um, we'll debate those uh, on future shows. Right, this is my favourite part of our show because we go <laughs> back to the A to Z and back to Paul for his song of the day. Back to the eighties.
I just wanted to say something very wise before I did my music thing. Of course. And I was just going to I was just going to say uh for hindsight substitute the word foresight. Yes, absolutely. Very so, wise. Well, no, so I mean you take uh, you know without without being self-promoting um if you look at just about all the things that I've done in Aspen Weight which could could be considered to be um I don't know, I don't say brilliant, but you know what I mean, um you know, very uh, creative and ahead of the game, disruptive. They those all require foresight, don't they? Hmm. Absolutely, I think so you're right. Is it ask? Is it asking too much for for people who are supposed to be the cream, who are government, to 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 take take evidence and disseminate that in a manner that creates foresight? I don't think so. No, I think it's perfectly reasonable. So to say, I don't think, you know, so I think the hindsight thing is quite an ignorant, I don't mean your part, I mean, it's an ignorant yeah. point of view because um, people should be able to, 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 to take uh, evidence and, and make reasonable extrapolations and deductions from it. Anyway, enough of all that stuff for today. Um, so um, actually, I'll tell you, that I, I've chosen a song today and it made me, re- I just realised when I was thinking about it, listening to you, um, that that actually it probably the, the the name of the song actually probably quite sums up my view on Boris's speech yesterday. Such a shame. Uh, <laughs> a whole situation is such a shame. So um, in our little A to Z journey, we've got to tea today, and um, there's lots of lots of very good tea tea uh, artists actually. So it was it was quite difficult. Um, one of the things I've been trying to do. Um, in our live streams is to avoid repetition, i.e. Uh, songs that I've played in previous podcasts, you know, going back now nearly, nearly 18 months. So it was actually, it, once I got there, it was actually quite an easy decision to know what band to pick. So uh, I decided to pick Talk Talk because I don't think that I've played any Talk Talk uh, over the 18 months since I've been doing uh, podcasts and live streams. And it's a it's, it's funny, you know, we mentioned Callum earlier with his comments about Sweden. So um, Callum, Sam and I used to spend quite a lot of time in the car together because uh, I took them to school and took them home. And uh, we've always been a very musical family, as you know. And, uh, you know, that, that's what I say. I used to call Callum's music metal shit. Uh, so th- through Callum was quite as he is now quite insistent on uh, his views being represented, shall we say. So uh, when I was in the car with Callum, we usually had to listen to Metallica and In Me and Incubus, you know, these sort of people, and even really awful stuff like Megadeth. Um, But along with that, I was allowed to play uh, my stuff and uh, Talk Talk are actually a band that we both really enjoyed. I can remember sitting there and Callum really enjoyed Talk Talk stuff. So um, I think Talk Talk are a, a band that produced, again, one of those bands that sort of produces exceptional music, which is, which I don't think it sounds like anything else. If you listen to a Talk Talk song, um, I, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, that sounds a bit like Dire Straits or you too whatever it sounds like talk talk you know they they have a sound which is unique to them which i think is is very commendable and they produced a series of um hits uh in the 80s um 
which has everything you'd want in a song and, and some good and some good lyrics too. So um, I picked a song today, which probably isn't necessarily their biggest selling one, but I just I just thought it's a it just it's just a song I just enjoy listening to. So um, today we're playing out with such a shame by the groovy Talk Talk. And as always, it's coming up on the podcast. And if you're watching on the live stream, do go and check out on, on whatever your content provider is uh, a little bit later uh, this afternoon. Paul, thank you so much for your company. Uh, an excellent Monday debate as always. Thank you, Ben. And thank you for your company as well. Um, thanks for your comments today. And as we said, do keep them uh, coming in. Uh, also, you can contact us as well if you want to find out uh, about how we may be able to support you and help you with your own media ventures. We do plenty of live streams, podcasting. We've just launched our radio station uh, and we'd love to be able to uh, support you. So to find out more, uh, please do get in touch with us. Um, for now, you can email friend at aspen-weight.co.uk. Um, we're going to have a dedicated email address for that from tomorrow. And I'll give that out on the show tomorrow at 12.30. Have a great rest of the day. Who knows, we might get some more clarity uh, a little bit later on this afternoon uh, from the government briefing as Paul shakes his head. Uh, and we'll see you here tomorrow. Again. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you here tomorrow at 12.30. Goodbye.